Initiating launch sequence. We have ignition. Enchanté. And I think of my hair. I think of space. A galaxy so far and wide that not a simple spray will do. Je suis fatigué. Which is why I use new Le Beauty Shot. The resting with F experience. Resting with F. The spray guaranteed to make you seem more like Shawn Michaels than a Marty Gennetti. Merci beaucoup. New Le Beauty Shot by resting with F. Bringing galaxies a super kick away. So guys, what do you think? Sexy, right? You know, I was told once that I was the cross between Brian Pillman and Raven. Now, if that's not going to sell products, I, I don't know what will. So, the starting price for this would be at what, where are you going? We, we, we haven't finished the meeting yet. Should, shouldn't we just, uh, wait, wait, come back, come back. Was, was I not sexy enough? I, I swear, I'll speak some more French. I'll speak some more French. Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor, and I've really missed this theme song, okay? I love Tyler Bree singing his, this is my eyes when you look at me, but that's, I'm not feeling it. I miss this theme. Just like how I miss the fact that Tyler Breeze is released. We, we may as well just get straight into it. And why why I'm booking Tyler Breeze this week. Uh, so, fun fact here. Uh, the last week where I booked Samoa Joe was where I involved heavily Tyler Breeze. And I also found out when I, you know, saved it and posted it and checked social media that Tyler Breeze was released. Fuck! <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I was very sad. I was very upset. I, I didn't know how to feel. And uh, I, I just thought to myself, what a shame. What, what a shame. <laughs> like, the man was essentially, in a time where NXT was starting to bring in all of this new talent from across the globe, all these people from Japan, uh, other big independent promotions. He was like the one big homegrown talent who was standing toe to toe with the likes of Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, Sami Zayn. He was your one guy. <laughs> and then he got called up to the main roster, which we'll get into. 
And then he essentially did nothing until Breezango. And then he moves down to NXT and it just quite isn't quite the same. And I I just I just couldn't help but feel like he could have done so much more. And I may as well just explain how this is going to go. So if you guys go and take your minds back to the Buddy Murphy episode, which if you haven't watched that, go check that out. I'm going to be booking this in two different ways. We've got two storyline pitches for this week rather than the usual three. And we're going to be doing basically one, basically a rebooking of what I wanted for Tyler Breeze. And one for the future that might bring him to some people into... I'm I'm losing track of my sentences. Bringing him <laughs> into a place that has not been explored before with Mr. Breeze. And that is a potential outside of the WWE bubble. So that's kind of me explaining stuff. Bits and bobs, as usual, with these episodes that I've now been doing. Timestamps will be in the description. So if you want to skip this big pre-ramble where I ask, hey, if you'd like to, you can you can leave a review. Leave it on Apple Podcasts. Help me out. Or hey, all these other pre-ramble stuff. You can do that right now by just looking down in the description. It helps me out a ton. And it helps you out, because that means you don't have to listen to what could be, at the time of this recording, over an hour of content. We've all got random stuff we need to do. So, without further ado, let's get straight into how I would personally book Tyler Breeze by going through Tyler Breeze's career in about four minutes or less. Are you ready? Let's get into this. Yes, we are going to be ignoring FCW for this bit, so we're just going to start with NXT. The debuting Mike Dalton debuted in NXT in the beginning of 2013. He would go on to have several matches against the likes of CJ Parker, The Ascension, Jason Jordan, and many more. However, he would be forced to eventually change his gimmick in the fear of being let go. So, on the July 24th edition of NXT in 2013, he would debut the new character of Tyler Breeze, your kind of pretty boy narcissist who loves taking selfies thanks to his big old friend Triple H for suggesting to use your phones. Hashtag selfie. God, I don't want to say that again. He would later go on to have feuds with the likes of CJ Parker, who is now currently known as Juice Robinson in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and have one-off matches against Enzo Mori and Big Kaz, and over this period, have a couple of great on and off matches against Neville on his pursuit towards the NXT Championship. Of course, during this period, he would later go on to have feuds with the likes of Sami Zayn, Hideo Itami Amor on the pursuit for the NXT Championship, picking up big wins against the likes of Sami Zayn, Hideo Itami, and more. His highest ceiling that he would eventually reach in the brand of NXT would be on the NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way event in which he would be main eventing along with Sami Zayn, Neville and Tyson Kidd for the NXT Championship. From this point, Tyler Breeze would have a great couple of sets of matches against the likes of Finn Balor at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable and arguably the biggest match he's ever had in his career against Jushin Feindeliger at the first ever NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn which he proclaimed himself as the face of the Rising Sun. 
He would go on to take part in the inaugural Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic with Bull Dempsey, and eventually losing the first round to Gargano and Champa. He would later have a match with Apollo Crews that would be his out from his early NXT stint. He would debut on SmackDown later that year, teaming up with the likes of Summer Rae before eventually losing that partnership near the end of the year. From this point, we know how this goes. Breeze gets relegated down to the lower mid card until he eventually finds himself in a team with Fandango. With the outcome of the Golden Truth formation of Goldust and R-Truth, Breezango would be formed in the crust of it. During this period, he would eventually move to SmackDown Live, in which he would eventually find himself in a pursuit of the Uso SmackDown Tag Team titles. This would result in multiple fashion file skits varying from genres such as detective movies, vice, and various other movie style genres that got them over like goddamn Rover. However, this would not last forever as they would eventually be drafted to Raw. Fandango would find himself injured and Tyler Breeze without a partner. This would leave him to being relegated to main event for several months until he'd find himself in several one-off NXT North American title matches against Ricochet. During this point, he would later return to NXT full-time, having a matches with Name Redacted for the NXT North American title as NXT TakeOver 25. During this period, he had a couple one-off matches with the Forgotten Sons until Fandango would eventually join him, reforming Brizango. There would be a consistent team on NXT for several months throughout the year, ending up with them winning the NXT Tag Team titles after winning a number one contendership match at NXT TakeOver 30 and defeating Imperium for the NXT Tag Team titles on an episode of NXT August 22nd. 2020. They were going to have several matches throughout the brand and would eventually drop the titles to Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, with them being released at the time of this recording on the 25th of June 2021. Yeah, so Tyler Breeze has had a. He's had, in the grand scheme of things, a good career for what he was placed into. Considering where he was put on the main roster and coming back to NXT, he did well for himself. He finally won a title in NXT. It may have not been the one that I wanted personally, but there's no point discrediting what he was able to accomplish throughout that run. But do I think it could be better? Yes! Because he was one of your flagship stars of NXT, a person who they pegged very early on to be a rising star when he broke out with the Tyler Breeze character. You don't have just anyone wrestle Jushin Thunder like in his only WWE match. That's a that's a very big deal, and nothing 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 followed from that. And I know I skipped a bunch of his SmackDown run, like how, you know, he did have a couple matches for the Intercontinental title against the likes of Dean Ambrose. He also had the Fatal Five-Way match in which Kevin Owens won the title on the road to WrestleMania. I believe it was 32. But even then, he wasn't given much of a significant push in the mid-card. When he was in NXT, as much as I felt like he should have won the NXT title... The time period that he was in, it made it almost impossible for him. You had the likes of Samoa Joe on the brand, Hideo Itami, Finn Balor, uh, 
the closest and earliest I could see him potentially winning it was if he won it early on within Neville's reign. By the time that we got the Sami Zayn rising up the ranks type of story that we had between the two, I don't think there was really any chance for Breeze to get that NXT title. The North American title would have been perfect for him at that period if it existed, but it didn't. And then when he returned, the whole Brizango thing. Yeah, there's so much you could have done with Tyler Breeze. I think his gimmick was so innovative for the time. The whole, like, selfie thing where he would just appear on the camera. It was very distinct. It was unique. It was cool. And I think going forward in his career, I kind of think maybe if he does decide to wrestle, you know, bring that back, possibly. Anyways, I feel like I'm rambling. So we're going to move on from this. And we're going to talk about what I think you could have done with him. Or what he could be doing in the future. So, let's move on to a segment that I like to call the tagline. So, for any of you who are new to this podcast, the tagline is my thought process of what I want to do for the character or wrestler of the week. It's also the point where I give to you a 30 word pitch or less that kind of describes everything I plan to do for up the storylines of the week. Think of it like your brief plot synopsis that you'd see on Netflix or Crunchyroll because I'm going to keep on saying this. WWE has a Crunchyroll deal and I'm never going to let them live that down. So without further ado, I believe it's time for me to ask the editor of this podcast, which spoilers is myself to cue the music future me. Okay, so we've already went over the history of Tyler Breeze, but I don't think we've really talked about the characteristics of Tyler Breeze. The Tyler Breeze character was built off of a need for Tyler Breeze to stay within WWE. That's entirely what that character was made off of. It was either he created this character or he would be cut. And, well, that's kind of a big character detail that... It's only really discussed in backstage, but I think it's kind of a big piece of his career. If you look through his run in NXT to the main roster, it was all just him trying to do whatever he could to be on television. And he struck gold with stuff like Brizango out of a desperation to do more stuff on television. You know, you hear all the stuff with the Edge and Christian podcast where Fandango always talked about Tyler Breeze constantly doing stuff on backstage or trying to do stuff to try and get himself more involved within wrestling. And, you know, I feel like that's a big character trait that's not talked about with Tyler Breeze. Like, we talk about the narcissistic, selfie-taking person who always had the seasonal residency in whatever place. I keep on thinking Cairo Egypt for some reason. But... When you look down to it, he's just a person or a character that's worked really hard to get where he is. And I don't think WWE, or quite frankly, if he's released at the time of this recording, has really reflected on. And I feel like that was a big missed opportunity when he was organically turned face, being part of Brizango, and was put down to NXT. So for me, 
the tagline for this week is thinking of winding down his career a king of cuteville looks to end his career on a high that he lacked throughout his career a singles championship because i feel like when you look at his run in nxt when he got moved down and what eventually led to his release tyler breeze kind of felt like he was having a huge return tour you know like his whole first storyline with velveteen dream was that hey velveteen dream at the time was a younger version of tyler breeze a guy who built himself off of as being this narcissistic selfie taking face of the rising sun a young promising upstart who wasn't young anymore and for me that is an interesting angle to take on a promotion like nxt that is built upon building the next big up-and-coming stars for wwe having someone who went there came back and is trying to find himself you know back to the nxt of old for the likes of tyson kidd and cesaro but in this more modern state of nxt i think that's interesting and i feel like that's a place that we should really kind of explore because the first storyline pitch for this week takes us all the way back to post nxt takeover 25. So I'm going to be frank with you, uh, yeah, this story is the Tyler Breeze singles title thing that I, I really wanted, but it never happened. So, yeah, I have a platform for this, so we're going to book it anyway. So, as I said, the story begins post NXT TakeOver 25. Just to remind you who are the champions at this point, the Street Profits have just recently won the NXT Tag Team titles, Adam Cole has successfully won the, the NXT title from Johnny Gargano, and... Name redacted, Dream defeated, here Tyler Breeze for the NXT North American Championship. And the story begins, kind of, how it happened in real life. Not much really happens for Tyler Breeze for the first two weeks post this match. And we have, on the 19th of June episode of NXT, just like in real life, Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle and Tyler Breeze versus The Undisputed Era. If you go back to that match, you have a very cool thing where Tyler Breeze gets a hot tag and starts running wild, but the UE eventually win. So, where the story begins to differ is at this point. Post-match, Matt Riddle tries to comfort Tyler Breeze, but he kind of just storms off pushing the camera. The commentators talk about how Tyler Breeze, since his return, has not been successful. He had a one-off thing with Ricochet where it didn't go well for him. Then he had this whole story with Name Redacted Dream, where, oh yeah, his whole thing was like proving that he deserved to be a champion in NXT and that he's finally came home. So yeah, things aren't looking good for Mr. Breeze as he walks walks back and where, you know, we see him pick up his phone before we close out the main event, starting to look like he's texting someone. We don't know what and the show closes off there. The next week, NXT... Tyler Breeze is confronted by an interviewer. We, we're not going to say who, because let's be honest, I can't remember most of the interviewers on an NXT. I just remember Kathy Kelly, and now I think Kathy Kelly left. So, yeah, if you want to imagine Kathy Kelly, you can imagine Kathy Kelly. Cupcakes. Anyways, 
she starts talking to Tyler Breeze about how was this how you expected your return to go? Like it's been over four years since your time in NXT. Did you did you expect things to turn out a little differently? And Tyler Breeze doesn't really talk about it. He kind of dodges the question by asking, "Hey, do you do you want to take a photo with me?" And so they end up taking like a cheeky little selfie. And he starts talking about how when he left NXT, the brand had a much needed facelift. But during his absence, there appears to have been a couple of breakouts. Undisputed Era, I know what it's like to be in your shoes. You think you can run on the NXT? I won't let that happen. NXT is my home. And now that I'm back, I refuse to let your filthy paws run this place amok. Because when I'm here, NXT is gorgeous. And he just proceeds to walk away. And, you know, the answer just says, wait a minute, you, you did not answer my question. <laughs> so from this point, Tyler Breeze is set to take on all of the Undisputed Era. Over the coming weeks, he will be taking on each member, aside from Adam Cole, who's busy with the whole Johnny Gargano stuff. We'll get to that later. So, week one, it's Roderick Strong. They have a match. We don't need to really go through the specific details of how it goes, but Roderick Strong gets a big win. He's going to be facing Name Redacted Dream for the North American title anyways, so build him up a little bit for that. Week two, it's Bobby Fish, because Bobby Fish is underrated. I feel like Breeze and Fish would have a really cool match. And Breeze gets a little bit closer, but he just can't quite deal with all the interference of the Undisputed Era, and so he's tapped out by Bobby Fish. And then... The final time, you know, it's built up over a week. Uh, Tyler Breeze versus Kyle O'Reilly on the 31st of July episode of NXT. And just as it looks like Tyler Breeze is about to pick up a win, you know, the commentators are putting over how this could be his first win since coming back to NXT. And it's looking like he's about to get it on Kyle O'Reilly. One, two, no, Undisputed Era, break it up because I don't know if you remember this. Uh, the Undisputed Era still are NXT tag titleless at this point. They had only recently lost it to the Viking Raiders, and then they vacated it, then the Street Profits won it. Yeah, so they kind of want to keep a little bit of integrity there. So, yeah, they're beating up Tyler Breeze. Everything goes until, well, a certain event that happens on the 31st of July also happens, because it's the return of Fandango. Yes, so basically, the point where Fandango returns with the whole Forgotten Son stuff, yeah, we scrapped that out the way, because quite frankly, I've forgotten them in this segment. So yes, Fandango returns, and it helps out Tyler Breeze. They have their, kind of like in the Forgotten Son segment, that brief moment of tension before they hug it out in the middle of the ring. And we essentially have Tyler Breeze kind of smiling, but the camera picks up that he's like, oh, it's great to have him back. And we slowly see that face just, you know, just get a little, little bit sad, you know. The, the sad face, you know. Where it's like, oh, great. You're here. That, 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 that's fantastic. And that's how that segment ends. <laughs> so next week, it is advertised, so we don't see them at all. But we're going to have the return of the fashion files because I miss the fashion files. I feel like NXT had an opportunity to bring those back during the pandemic and we did not see them. 
So yes, we're going to have the fashion files paying a little homage to what will happen in the future with the space-themed entrance of Brizango. So it's going to be sci-fi themed. And they're basically putting over them putting over Breezy. They're ready to lift me off. It's like, of course, Dango. We're, we're going to be flying to the moon. So you get the old, like, classic, it's one small step for man and one giant leap for humankind. Well, wrestlers. We're, we're wrestlers. Yes. <laughs> so they start talking about stuff and they're embarking on their intergalactic journey thanks to the prophets from the streets. Because in Fandango's words, they need to carve out a questionable error in NXT. At this point, Fandango declares that, you know, we have never won a tag titles at all. And you know, there's a certain team that currently doesn't really have a challenger. So Fandango immediately addresses the Street Profits, saying that they want a shot at the NXT tag team titles as they're flying up to space in this kind of green screen scenario. And as this happens, we kind of see Tyler Breeze break character from the fashion files. He takes off the helmet. It's like, Fandango's like, Breeze, Breeze, what are you doing? You you could be drowning in space. It was like, I'm, I'm not drowning in space. Okay, I, this is great, but don't you think that we should... And Fandango just kind of looks at him, kind of just like cutting him off, saying... Well, we can, we can talk about this later. Let's just go for the tag titles, you know? Like, this is this is our thing. That That's why we're in NXT together, right? And Breeze is like, yeah, 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 you're right. And so we get that cut off. And of course, at this point, we build to NXT TakeOver Toronto. And basically, we don't really need to go over the build-up to this other than that kind of bit of the segment. Tyler Breeze... It's great that Fandango is here. I don't think that was his mission. And we have essentially the card that looks a bit like this. So the main event goes pretty much unchanged. Adam Cole versus freaking Johnny Gargano. Two out of three falls match. We know how that goes. The NXT tag title match is the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits versus Breezango. So pretty much just inserting them in there. And we get this pre-show segment from Tyler Breeze before the big match where he's basically on his phone again. He's just kind of texting something, something that's been teased throughout the weeks of television. And, you know, Fandango walks in and he simply asks, like, are you ready? This is the first time after years of sacrifice that we will get a shot at the tag team titles. This doesn't come often. And with the talent NXT, we... We may not be able to keep up anymore. So we we need this to go as well as we can. Because as good as the Undisputed Era are, as good as the Prophets of the Streets are, we, Brizango, we're the officers of time and space. <laughs> and Breeze just kind of nods as he continues to write something. Uh, one of the backstage producers calls in. Tyler Breeze is just kind of telling him, Hey, uh, you're going to be on Gorilla soon. You need to get ready. And so Breeze walks off. Fandango, as he's about to get up and see, he notices the phone that, you know, Tyler Breeze has been looking at. And he, he reads it, or at least he grabs it. And we suddenly see Fandango's kind of relaxed exterior look a, a little bit concerned. 
And so he kind of just shrugs it off and walks over there. And the match goes pretty much. Well, I'm saying pretty much, but I haven't explained it. So the finish of the match, which is the most crucial part of this triple threat tag team title match, is that the ending is where Tyler Breeze inadvertently supermodel kicks Fandango by accident, a little bit of miscommunication from the well-established tag team that leads to the Undisputed Era, just pretty much stealing the victory from the Street Profits. Now, I know that the Undisputed Era win it on an episode of NXT, but I feel like at this point in real life, the Street Profits were going to be called up to the main roster. You didn't really need them to have a long tag team title run. And considering what they would continue to do in the future, it wasn't really necessary for them to have a long run to begin with. So we essentially kickstart that Undisputed Era tag team title reign here. And we end pretty much Toronto for the tag team section of this. With Breeze once again walking away with his phone. And Fandango just quickly, essentially just trying to chase after him. Trying to get answers about something that we don't really know yet. But what could be answered on the next week's episode of NXT? By this point, it's been about roughly a fortnight since we've seen Brizanko. We get no answers on the next week's episode of NXT, and it's advertised for the week after that that it is a match between Brizango and the Forgotten Sons. During this period, well, Brizango suffers from the same thing that cost him a match at TakeOver, where it looks like Fandango is about to get the win, but Tyler Breeze tags himself in, and he tries to go for the cover, and... Basically, Brizango essentially argues between themselves, allowing the Forgotten Sons to get a win over Brizango. Fandango tries to comfort him, saying just like things that are kind of being blocked out by the crowd, just saying, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it's okay. And he just pretty much like sees Tyler Breeze just storm out once again. And he grabs the phone again. He goes up to the audience. He goes down the ramp. And he starts texting just a couple more words in there. And he, it looks like he's about to like, if you've seen a phone and you see someone just like really emphatically hit send on something, it looks like he's about to do that, but he just holds back just a bit. And Fandango rushes down again to try and talk to Tyler Breeze. The next week, Tyler Breeze cuts a promo kind of explaining his actions saying that it's been really difficult recently uh, he drops the phone on the ground you know how he usually likes to take a selfie in the middle of the ring and he states that he thought that coming back to NXT would fix his problems but in reality the undisputed era were right about him and maybe the rest of the main roster was right about him he can't hang in the WWE can't even hang in NXT. Fandango rushes down and he says, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I, I saw those text messages. Don't you dare think about sending those texts. And Fandango reveals that Fandango, not Fandango, Tyler Breeze has been texting William Regal to say that he is thinking about retiring from NXT and leaving NXT as a whole. Fandango pleads to Tyler Breeze, talking about the stuff that we've mentioned before with the Fashion Files, how he was the creator of that. He revitalized Fandango's career. You know, 
you once called yourself in NXT the face of the rising sun. Well, just because that sun isn't lit anymore does not mean that you don't shine brightest in NXT. I know things haven't been going well for you, but just keep pushing. Because if there's anyone who believes in you, it's not just me, it's the entire NXT universe. Because from being Mike Dalton to the Prince of Pretty, you have busted your, you can't say the word on television, to get a shot at NXT, NXT Gold. And I don't care if it's with me, I don't care if it's by yourself, you will be champion in NXT. Breeze is still conflicted. Because, well, why wouldn't he be? His luck has been so bad. <laughs> like, so bad. Like, at this point, Tyler Breeze in this booking has not won a single match. And Fandango finishes it off just saying that if it wasn't for Breeze, there'd be no deputy. And if there wasn't no Tyler Breeze, there wouldn't be no NXT. Breeze is still conflicted with Adam Cole coming out, mocking the pair. And he just simply just says, he just reiterates the stuff about how Tyler Breeze is out of touch. You, you don't belong here anymore. You couldn't make it on the main roster and you couldn't make it here. Because everything that we do now that we run NXT is undisputed. And Breeze doesn't really say anything. He looks solemnly. He grabs his phone. Fandango tries to talk sense into him, but he just slowly walks to the back. And just doesn't even look at Adam Cole. And so in the coming weeks, Tyler Breeze doesn't really wrestle on the show. He He's kind of, in some ways, if you guys remember the story of Corey Graves and how he was originally a wrestler and how he became a commentator, throughout the coming weeks or the coming months, Tyler Breeze is testing out several different roles, like a backstage producer. Uh, we have an episode where he's entirely on commentary, where halfway through the show, Fandango tries to convince him, come on, man, you you shouldn't be here. You should be in the ring. You, you've done this. You can do this. And... Breeze doesn't really answer back to him because he still, well, he still can't decide what he's going to do. He's lost all confidence in himself being the thing that he always believed himself to be, the, the face of NXT, making NXT gorgeous. So we get to September where Tyler Breeze announces that he's going to be making his big decision. Will he retire from NXT? We get a little video package highlighting all the big moments from Tyler Breeze's career in NXT, from him being Mike Dalton, to him, you know, coming up with the Prince Pretty character, to his matches against Samoa Joe, uh, Finn Balor, um, his NXT title matches like NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, uh, the moments where he had a match with Jushin Thunder Liger, all of the big moments in Tyler Breeze's career. And then we cut slowly back to Tyler Breeze just sitting there, solemnly overthinking his decision, reflecting on his career. Fandango walks in saying, okay, I've done everything I could. If this is what you want to do, then so be it. Just remember that champions were not made when they had everything given to them. 
They were made when they had nothing to lose. And Tyler Breeze looks up to Fandango and he he nods and he says, I know. And they hug it out as we head to the ending segment of NXT. During this period, we've seen throughout the show that NXT is advertising a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for Adam Cole's NXT title on what some of you might remember as the premiere episode of NXT on USA. The participants so far have been revealed to be Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle, Dominic Dijakovic, and Roderick Strong, with a fifth opponent set to be announced. Breeze gets on the microphone. We hear the crowd just clapping, saying, Thank you, Breeze. Thank you, Breeze. Thank you, Tyler. Whatever version you like. And Breeze gets on the microphone saying that he doesn't know what's next for him. He says that NXT was the best time of his career. He called himself Prince Pretty because he believed that the true kings of NXT were the fans sitting in the stands. He essentially gives this big wave saying his final goodbye as Adam Cole walks in, essentially mocking him saying how how the mighty have fallen. In some weird way, he respected the old Tyler Breeze. He didn't care what these people thought, but I guess that changed when NXT became undisputed. Because Tyler Breeze, you are a failure in every sense of the word. A promising prospect turned into a degrading nobody. Tyler Breeze, you are, you have been called a prince, not because you believe that these people were king, or it's because you could never be the NXT champion. And Breeze gets on the microphone and says, You're right, Adam. I could never become NXT champion. You want to know why? Because I haven't done anything. Yet. And Tyler Breeze grabs the phone and he smashes it in Adam Cole's face. He starts assaulting Adam Cole. We see him hit the beauty shot, the super kick, just unwailing on Adam Cole. The commentary team is losing their minds. It's Prince Pretty. Prince Pretty is on full blaze. The crowd is chanting, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. And we get a brief pause, just a brief visual. You know the visual. Just Tyler Breeze looking over to the NXT Championship, holding it up as the crowd begins to erupt. The moment is not saved, however, as the Undisputed Era try to run in as Tyler Breeze quickly runs away and exits towards the entrance ramp. And we close the show with William Regal coming out, saying that, Tyler, I received your request for your release, and unfortunately, I have to decline. Because, Tyler, you've shown something that not many people in the NXT universe can truly appreciate, and not many people in this brand have been able to appreciate, and that is heart. So, it is my duty as the NXT general manager to announce that the final participant for the NXT gauntlet match to determine the NXT champion is Tyler Breeze. The crowd cheers once again. We we end on the, this is my eyes when you look at me. 
That didn't end well. Oh god, help me, please. Let's get to a segue. That makes some sense. Let's get to the gauntlet match. That will make sense. What am I doing? <laughs> so, it is the gauntlet match. Of course, we know how babyface booking works at this point. Tyler Breeze is, of course, he's first. Of course, Tyler Breeze is first. His first opponent is Matt Riddle. He takes a bunch of stiff shots, knee strikes, submissions, just unwilling to give up. And the finish of the match comes where Matt Riddle goes for his senton thing that he does on the top right. I think it's still called the Bro Derek. I could be wrong. Which he unfortunately misses, which gives Tyler Breeze just enough space and timing to hit the beauty shot for the one, two, three. Tyler Breeze wins the first match. The next match is with Dominic Dijakovic. And, uh, oh boy. Yeah, uh, Breeze, Breeze gets hurt a lot here. Uh, thrown into steel steps, thrown into the ramp. Uh, just a lot of power spots hit onto Tyler Breeze. Where, as he's getting beaten up, Tyler Breeze specifically targets the legs of Dominic Dijakovic, super kicking them, throwing him, like, as he's like, staggers, shoving him into the steps and rushing into the ring to count out Dominic Dijakovic. Getting to the third opponent, Pete Dunne, in which he focuses all primarily on the injured spots that Dijakovic hit, which is mainly like the arm and the leg. So it's going to be a lot harder for Tyler Breeze to hit his signature moves, which require a lot of footwork. Breeze eventually wins, countering one of Pete Dunne's submissions, I'm thinking the finger one into a roll-up for the one, two, three, and Pete, he just kind of gives that snarl look and smile like, oh, you, you cheeky bugger, you cheeky bugger. <laughs> and so, Tyler Breeze survives, heading into the final opponent, Roderick Strong. Roderick just taking advantage of everything that he can, uh, knee strikes to the head, targeting the limbs, hitting backbreaker after backbreaker, and when it looks like Tyler Breeze is about to win, he hits the beauty shot. But he also hits the referee in the process. Ref bump, I'm sorry. And the Undisputed Era come out trying to, you know, stop Tyler Breeze. Get Roderick Strong the chance. We have Fandango trying to interfere along with the former NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. All of that goes on. Roderick hits the sick kick on Tyler Breeze. We get a one two breeze kicks out at two and a half the crowd is coming insane tyler breeze fights from underneath hits the supermodel kick one two three tyler breeze beats roderick strong is the number one contender for adam cole's nxt championship fandango goes there he celebrates with him and so from this point we'll just get straight into the ending of this it is Tyler Breeze versus Adam Cole, the big NXT debut on USA going live in the second hour. The match goes how you'd kind of expect it to go, like a good 25-30 minute match where, you know, Undisputed Era interference, uh, Fandango interference, a returning Tommaso Ciampa like in real life, because, let's face it, that was kind of like an absent thing. Tyler Breeze picks up 
from all of this distractions, a beauty shot and a supermodel kick on Adam Cole with a one, two, three. Tyler Breeze wins the NXT title on the debut episode of NXT on USA, leading a newer generation into NXT like how he led a previous generation of people to get into NXT from its early popularity from NXT TakeOver Arrival. And the crowd goes insane. You have Fandango hug him. You have William Regal even like shaking his hand. You have the rest of the NXT locker room flocking over to the veteran of NXT. And well, where do you go next from that after that? Well, in my mind, you have Tyler Breeze hold it, not for super long, because as much as I like the idea of Tyler Breeze having a decent reign with the title, I feel it's important to have his reign be this very special moment. So for me, I would personally have him keep the belt for a certain amount of time up until NXT TakeOver War Games or right near the end of the year where you can have Adam Cole take the belt back, still break the record that he eventually does in NXT, the longest reigning NXT champion. And from there, well, you know, you have a credible champion that you can use on main takeover events. Maybe you put him back into the tag division with Breezango. And you've established a credible upper mid-card threat for NXT that can help build from that point more new stars who eventually come into the fold. So yeah, that's what I would do with Tyler Breeze in NXT. But unfortunately, that did not happen. So let's talk about what could happen. So before we get into this, I need to address where I think Tyler Breeze could go. So there are a lot of options for a guy like Tyler Breeze, a very well-established talent that is very likable backstage which is immediately a great element for him. Uh, he's got a lot of great character versatility. He's willing to work main event level matches shown through NXT. He's got a good type of experience in terms of character work, willing to kind of do anything. But one of the more important details is that he has a wrestling school called Flatbacks, in which is also run with Sean Spears. So if there's any place that I could see Tyler Breeze popping up, it'd be with AEW. Because even before we get into the storyline idea, for me, it feels like a really good fit for him because of the way that AEW is very, like, good with, like, a lot of talent with, like, the Sean Spears wrestling school that they've got, which I feel like could strengthen that bond there. Tyler Breeze is a character who's done a ton of versatility. And I think, as we'll get into the storyline now, there's a certain group of people who I think he would work really well with. So let's move on to it. So the way that I would introduce Tyler Breeze in this story is post full gear. So as some of you may or may not know, Tyler Breeze is on a 90 day no compete clause. By the time that he is set to be completely free as a free agent, that would be roughly around say like late August, early September time. That's kind of the period we're going. So after All Out and kind of that weird in-between bit with Dynamite, which 
I don't really think would be a good spot to debut Tyler Breeze. So the way that this will work is it would be probably post full gear. And the way this story begins is with the new TNT champion, Jungle Boy, because I'll be honest with you, I feel like Jungle Boy has a good shot of being the next TNT champion, and it works quite well here. So, we have our new TNT champion, Jungle Boy, the first week on TNT as the TNT champion, defending the TNT title against, well, it's against Kip Sabian, because he's a friend of Miro, Miro is about to, I'm guessing from this point, move up to more of a main event picture rather than TNT title. You know, as the new Redeemer character that he's got going on right now. So, that is all happening. Jungle Boy successfully retains. And he is attacked by the men of the year. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky. And they start assaulting Jungle Boy before Jurassic Express come in and make the save. It is a fortnight after the segment that we get an advertised six-man tag team match between the Jurassic Express and the Men of the Year and their mystery partner. Now, we get a backstage segment with Alex Marvez talking to the Men of the Year, asking, who is your mystery partner? We, we know your history as a team being people who don't really make friends easily on Dynamite. Ethan Page gets on the microphone, simply stating that, hey, look, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are men of the year. We don't offer our services to just anybody. We we are we are fine gentlemen. We are of the highest standard. Do you see the clothes we wear? Do you see the shoes that we carry ourselves in? We are the most prestigious men in AEW. Which is why we are bringing in someone who exceeds all expectations. He brings style to AEW, and he's going to give this company a much-needed facelift. We're left on that notion as we head onto next week's AEW Dynamite. It's the six-man tag. Of course, Jurassic Express first enter. Oh, 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 there, there. <laughs> so that happens. And we have ourselves, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky coming out to their banger of a theme song. I won't lie, I love their theme song. Where, you know, they're doing their weird cocky dance. And they just point to the ramp. As Tyler Breeze comes out in his, like, old fursuit jacket. You know, the, like, really puffy one that, like he used to have in NXT. The selfie stick, taking a photo of the main of the year taking like a selfie with <laughs> I like the idea of him taking a selfie with like Jim Ross and <laughs> just everyone else on commentary saying that the era of gorgeousness has begun <laughs> they have their match and most importantly Tyler Breeze hits a supermodel kick onto Jungle Boy and he picks up a win for their team, he has pinned in his first night the TNT champion because this stuff does not happen often. And so the men of the year are celebrating because they realize they've done it, but like JL's like, but you haven't done it, it was just Breeze. So they're all cheering, they're celebrating their like cocky ways. And we end the segment there. The next week, 
we get a real introduction to this new freeman unit of the men of the year. They are in their own private dressing room trying on like different outfits. So like you just have like Breeze almost being like a photographer being like lovely, lovely, lovely. You know, I know in my seasonal residency in insert place, we're going to say uh, Cairo, Egypt again, because that's lovely. That we are the most handsome looking people in AEW. Which, it surprises me. Why, we don't have a little bit of arm candy of our own. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page take over and say, Jungle Boy, we beat you last week, yet we're nowhere on the top five. Uh, you and the rest of your little Jurassic nobodies are, are taking away our spotlight. So we're going to do what the men of the year always do, and that is outperform, outdress, and outdo anybody on this roster until you, Jungle Boy, recognize us as your TNT champion. Now, of course, Jim Ross is still saying, well, that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, that, that's not a good accent. I'm going to stop that. He's basically just saying there's no way because there can only be one TNT champion. It's ridiculous. They all can't be TNT champions. The next week on Dynamite, we have our first official singles match, which would be Tyler Breeze versus Matt Seidel. You know, a very good back and forth match that would kind of just showcase what this new Tyler Breeze character is all about. Bringing back some old mannerisms, like how he would, like, the minute that he got hit in the face, would just immediately just be very feisty and just assault people. I like that. I think you should keep that. And he eventually wins with the help of the rest of the men of the year. Picking up a one, two, three. He's beaten a well-established veteran. He's pinned the TNT champion. It looks like Tyler Breeze is on a bit of a roll here. And he crucially basically gets out, if some of you might remember the old dashing Cody Rhodes stuff, a paper bag to put over Tyler, not Tyler Breeze, <laughs> to put over Matt Seidel's face. And he basically wants to send a message to Jungle Boy. So what he does is that he signals to the rest of the men in the year and they do this spot that I need to describe specifically. So it's kind of like a free person curb stomp where Tyler Breeze is essentially grabbing the person by the hair as Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky grab the arms to sort of like pull them up. And they each put their foot on the back of the opponent's head and just slam it onto the ground. And that's kind of their big, like, ending finishing thing as like a big statement to whoever else is on the roster. Because they're, they're the pretty ones. They, nobody else should be qualified as good looking or handsome as they are because they are the men of the year. They are great at everything. They're great at wrestling, they're great at style, they're great at fashion, they're great at swagger, they're great at talking. They're great at making business. One of which being a pursuit for the TNT title. So from this point forward, we establish the men of the year as a inconquerable unit. They win a lot of six-man tag matches on Dark and Elevation. We see them each pick up significant singles wins until... Eventually, 
it comes to a point where all three of them interrupt a match with Jungle Boy defending the TNT title, cutting a promo mid-match saying how they, all three of them, deserve a shot at the TNT Championship. At this point, you know, Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus come in. Men of the Year make quick work of Marco Stunt just throwing him. <laughs> you know how, like, Ethan Page threw Darby Allen to the crowd? Imagine that, but with Marco Stunt. <laughs> just imagine him fly all the way across. <laughs> And they managed to just avoid Luchasaurus long enough for Jungle Boy to pick up the win and come in to aid as Jurassic Express until eventually it's decided by the orders of Tony Khan who can't take this chaos going on anymore that the men of the year will have a shot at Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship. They're each going to get it week after week because Jungle Boy has requested that he is tired of seeing these people interrupt his matches and claim that they are the best wrestlers to be the face of TNT. We get another cut back to the men of the year having their little, like, fashion show with themselves. And we get a promo with them just simply stating that TNT is... A network of innovation, of change. Hell, that's why TNT and AEW Dynamite became such a successful thing. We can't have some random throwback jungle boy be the face of a TNT network. You need innovators. You need good-looking specimens. You need people who are willing to go all around the world and show their faces and minds to the masses. Which is exactly what the men of the year have in store. So the first match is, well, Jungle Boy versus Tyler Breeze. The match is a very good back and forth, how you kind of imagine it. You get a couple of really great counters. You see Tyler Breeze get locked in by the snare trap. And, well, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky provide just enough of a distraction for Tyler Breeze to hit a supermodel kick. Uh... Excalibur's going, no, 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 not like this. As Jungle Boy loses the TNT title to Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze celebrates with his big puffy jacket. He puts on the mask over Jungle Boy. They do the spot that I talked about before, except on the steel steps. So it's almost like a big, massive freeway curb stomp to Jungle Boy's face on the steel steps with the paper bag. You know, maybe you get a couple of sad people in the crowd. I don't know. Something like that. That really puts over Jungle Boy as a big baby face. That ends. And on the next week's segment, we get the Men of the Year Celebration. Where it's basically, if you guys remember the old NXT TakeOver entrances that Tyler Breeze used to have with all the, like, fashion models coming in. Well, they are all wearing the Men of the Year clothing line. Some would say it's just AEW merch. Others would say it's full outment collages. Which I think works really well with the Men of the Year and their whole, like, group shtick. So they all come in together, dancing, celebrating, jucking and jiving. And Ethan Page explains that when Tyler Breeze is the champion, we are all the TNT champion. Because with Tyler Breeze can't be the only face of the network, no. 
he's got to go to his regional residency in Italy to have a very special photo shoot. So when he's gone, I'm the TNT champion. And when I'm too busy designing these fabulous shirts and too busy vlogging, we have to hand it over to Scorpio Sky because he's the TNT champion because the men of the year aren't separated by championship gold. This belt is an accessory. It's the accessory. And with the men of the year, we're a business. We're a group. We are innovators of this network. So we hold it with pride. And when one member of the men of the year can't be here, well, there's always another who's just as good looking, talented, and better than all of you. So they officially from this point establish the singles title equivalent of the free bird rule. If you guys don't know what the free bird rule is, it is basically where you have a free man team who is holding a tag team title where any combination of the three can defend the title. Basically, that is the TNT title for the men of the year. It is the men of the year rule. If one of them is too busy having a photo shoot, well, the other one gets to go in. And, oh, if the other one's designing sneakers or shoes, I can't believe I just said sneakers. I'm British. I feel ashamed. Well, then the other goes in. <laughs> and from this point, we have a selection of runs with Tyler Breeze defending it against Marco Stunt, uh, Ethan Page defending it against Luchasaurus, who are both upset over the injury they had Jungle Boy end up sustaining. Over the course of this reign, we begin to see dissension between the men of the year as, you know, as things get more and more common with them defending the titles, each of them just, you know, spend a little bit of extra time holding the belt. Scorpio Sky in particular, you know, admiring it next to his big collection of shoes. Uh, Ethan Page on his vlog, constantly moving it around. And Tyler Breeze, who won the belt in the first place, kind of noticing that, you know, you guys, you're, you're holding the belt a lot longer than I am. He's <laughs> like, what? No, no, of course we're not. No, no, we're not. Look, we are all a unit. Besides, we all know that I, we are the TNT champion. Us, together, the men of the year, we are collectively the face of the network. If all of us just start to turn on each other, we're, we're going to ruin what we've built to be so sacred. So you start to see, you know, little cracks begin to form in their title defenses, maybe against a guy like Griff Garrison. Maybe if they sign him Fuego? Sign Fuego. And basically from this point, there starts to be a little bit of cracks showing some of the teamwork isn't quite on point. To a point where Luchasaurus has a singles match with Tyler Breeze. And as it looks like Tyler Breeze is about to lose... Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky come in. They set up the exact same spot that they did on Jungle Boy, setting him up. All three feet on the back of Luchasaurus's head, ready to stomp down. Then, dun 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 he is back for some revenge. <laughs> and he comes in, House Ablaze, trying to take out all three members of the Men of the Year, staking his claim to bring back the TNT title to where it belongs. 
saving his fellow Jurassic Express buddies. Maybe you get, you know, a little throwback to 2019 when Luchasaurus returned. You had the freeway hug. That would be really sweet. And so from this point, the men of the year are almost at the point of implosion because they're realizing Jungle Boy is back. What, what are they going to do? And so we get this spot in the build-up to what I would only describe as the next pay-per-view, I'll say Revolution. All three of them, essentially, in a free-raid tug-of-war of the title. To a point where AEW management, realizing that Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, they've been winning consistently. And Jungle Boy has just came back, wanting a rematch. Books a Fatal 4-Way match, I think. Is this the first Fatal 4-Way match they've ever had in AEW? Am I misremembering things? For the TNT Championship, it's Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Tyler Breeze, and Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship. Now, this goes how you kind of imagine it to go in these Fatal 4-Way scenarios. The, the free big heels trying to gang up on Jungle Boy with Tyler Breeze kind of like barking orders, but... Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, kind of each out for it for themselves. All leading to a spot where Jungle Boy dives onto all three of them. He drags Tyler Breeze into the ring. He hits the snare trap. Breeze has got nowhere to go. Breeze taps out. We get the reunion of the TNT title to Jungle Boy after having a long injury. And that's how I would start out Tyler Breeze in AEW. I think... Him being shot up to the TNT title, I think is very interesting, especially aligning him with the men of the year, where when you look at them, they feel like a great fit for the old Prince Pretty character. Just these very cocky, almost sort of flamboyant guys, kind of like flaunting around their sort of like whole belief system onto people, saying that they're the best people in the world. With their very like outward personalities, even Paige with his vlog, Scorpio Sky with you know, the shoes and the podcast, uh, Tyler Breeze with, like, the selfie stick and the supermodel stuff. I think that's a very nice package if you put them as a free man unit. And the idea of the only reason why they couldn't hold the belt longer was because they couldn't let their own egos aside. You have a man named All Ego as a nickname in this faction. <laughs> I think that's a very cool way, and I... I'm a, I'm really, I really want a, like, Freebird style thing for a singles title. And I know maybe that isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I feel like that's a very interesting angle that you don't really see in wrestling. And I feel like with a character like Tyler Breeze and the whole Men of the Year moniker, I think it works really well with the way they portray the TNT title as the face of the network. And for me... That's a great direction for the Prince of Pretty to become the king of TNT. So we have reached the end of the main portion of this podcast, so let's move on to the random bit. The bit where everything just gets thrown out the window in a little segment I like to call Fantasy Fumble, in which now you guys can be more involved than ever before. Basically, for those who are new to this podcast, I am starting a thing called Fantasy Fumble where I basically just basically book the most random thing possible. And now I want you guys to be involved. So from this point forward, I am opening 
submissions for you to give in your random weirdest or wackiest storyline ideas that I would have to book within the span of like two or three minutes. <laughs> and basically, for now, it is just me. So I think I've got an idea that's kind of improvised that could work. So here's my attempt at booking the weirdest, wackiest storyline I can come up with for Tyler Breeze. Hopefully it sticks because Fantasy Fumble, ladies and gentlemen, will begin in three, two, one. Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, so if you're viewers of Up Up Down Down, you might know that recently Tyler Breeze has won the Left Right Left Right Championship. So, basically, what is happening right now is that he is now successfully the Left Right Left Right Champion, which means basically that he is a champion of things. He has a singles title, technically. So, now, on NXT, each and every single week he is sitting there on commentary saying that Hey, I don't wrestle anymore. I just play video games. I'm a true gamer. Gamers don't wrestle because I am a gamer. So basically, he's playing a bunch of video games, sitting on commentary as NXT people are asking, Hey, why don't you go in there and wrestle? Why don't you do that? Because I got to defend the Left Right Left Right Championship each and every single week. And you have people like his old tag team partner, Fandango, asking, Hey, uh, why aren't you wrestling? We have a tag team match. And he's like, I, I am wrestling. By playing Battle of the Brands with Austin Creed, don't you see? I still wrestle. I wrestle every single day. Unlike you, Fandango, what are you doing? You're being a silly policeman, aren't you, Fandango? Fandango de dangly dango. So, Fandango is like, no, no, no. Hey, why don't you have a match with me tonight? We'll, we'll bust off the cobwebs. So, Tyler Breeze, he gets in there. He's ready for the match. He's ready. And he sits down his console and says, yeah, let's play. Fandango's like, what do you mean, let's play? We're, we're playing a game. We're, we're recording it for Up Up Down Down. It's like, no, I mean an actual wrestling match. This is a wrestling match. Don't you see? You're the temporary guest. It's like, no, you don't understand. We are playing this. And now we have segments each and every single week. Live in the middle of the ring, Tyler Breeze playing video games for 30 minutes in front of a live studio audience. Asking, hey, what are you doing? Why don't you go have a wrestling match? You get the crowd booing like, boo, Tyler, why did you be a wrestler? Why don't you risk your body, life, your mind, everything for our entertainment? How dare you play video games? Boo. Tyler Breeze is just sitting there. Like, hey, I'm I'm the best. Don't you see my gang, left, right, left, right? They're all here. They all believe in me. I'm doing great. Until Fandango in comes in, trying to stop all the crowd from booing. Accidentally destroys his console. Tyler Breeze is upset. He's very upset. So he starts to beat up on Fandango using the controller because he loves playing video games. He's a gamer. He loves it all. So what does he do? Now there's an actual match. It's an actual match called the, uh, I don't want to call it Arcade Anarchy because that's an AEW thing. Uh, Video Game Velocity! There we go, the Video Game Velocity match where it's Tyler Breeze versus Fandango in various video game themed things. Stuff like uh, a controller war, uh, console being thrown through consoles, being thrown through Legos and buttons. Tyler loses! <laughs> oh god. <laughs> this, this is why I need your suggestions. If this is what I can do with no idea. Imagine what random stupid idea I can come up with with your fan suggestions. <laughs> so please, if you want to be part of this random chaotic bit, su submit to... Submit. Just submit stuff on my Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or 
just submit it on my Instagram page at Wrestling With Fiction. I would love to get some random suggestions so that I can have like a wheel spin <laughs> for whatever this is. And I feel like that'd be great fun. It gets more people involved in this. So I think I'm going to end it here. I want to say once again, thank you all for sitting down, taking a moment of your time to listen to this, whether it was the beginning, the middle, the end, or I don't know, you just ended up here. Thank you all so much for listening. And whilst I'm here, uh, I put out a goal recently on Twitter to say that I want to reach a certain number as I'm approaching the one year anniversary of this podcast. So if you're a subscriber to like Apple Podcasts or any other like review based podcasting bit, I I would be so grateful for a review or anything involving that. It helps out a show the ton. The ton. Jesus, a ton. <laughs> and it ultimately helps just get more exposure to this. If not, you know, if you liked what I did, maybe consider sharing with your friends, your friendliest friends, your your friend of a friend. I couldn't think of anything after friendliest friends. <laughs> uh, and I'm technically a creative writing graduate. <laughs> Uh, anyways, thank you for listening to this spiel. Thank you for listening to this whole thing. I want to say, I've already said thank you. So, Jesus Christ. Why do I say thank you multiple times? <laughs> Just, okay. So, with that, I'm going to end it here. I'm. This is the final one. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.